tonight what we're talking about is, uh, let's take a the great thing about this baggage series, and it's funny, you guys have come up to me, many of you have been like, man, you just hit me last week with that one, that one was just for me. It's like, no, like all of us deal with these things. Like pride is not just a you thing, like uh, bitterness is not just something you're dealing with, it's something we all deal with. And tonight we're dealing with something that really nobody wants to deal with, and that's envy and jealousy. Uh, yeah, he's walking out. Um, no, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Uh, so here's what we're talking about. I mean, here's what's interesting to me, like what we become jealous of at young age. Like, what is it that we look to even as kids that like, ooh, that's the thing to have. Like, I still remember in second grade, uh, I had a, a group of uh, friends and there's this one kid that was not cool at all. I wasn't cool either, but he was really, he was a little bit lower than me on the totem pole. And it's amazing how in elementary school, you can just like get a couple things or something happened. All of a sudden, like you move up really quick. And after Christmas, he came in with two things that made him cool right away. Because I went to a school that you had a uniform, so you couldn't wear cool clothes, but you could have really cool shoes. And during Christmas, he got Jordans. He got Jordans and then and this doesn't seem like a big deal to you guys, but back then, second grade, this is a big deal. He got a calculator watch. Like you could, yeah, I know. No, like seriously, you could hit four numbers at the same time with your finger and never get the right answer, but it just looked cool. And I remember like everybody was like, oh man, all the girls were like around him, like, can I, can I use your calculator watch? And he's like, of course. And they're like touching his hand. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> I want one too. I just want a girl to touch my hand. And so... Like, I just remember, it's funny, you, you have that. And I remember, like, getting older, and you get into high school and stuff like that. And my friend Ryan had the ability to talk to girls like nobody else. Like, he had this amazing ability to talk to girls. Like, I couldn't talk to girls at all. Like, I stared at the floor constantly. I still don't know. I had four girlfriends in high school. I don't know how it happened. Like, I still don't. I think they came by, and they said, you're mine. And I said, okay. Like, I think that's the, the way it happened. But Ryan could just talk to girls. And I was always amazed by his ability to talk to girls. And I remember praying at night, literally praying at night, God, could you make me more like Ryan? And what I didn't realize is he was really good at being girls' friends. And then their moments of sadness when they broke up with somebody, that's when he would like fall into like the, you guys know that guy? He was that guy. And then I realized that's not what I want to be. But now in life, the thing that I always want to be, and many of you will understand this, I wish I was an extrovert. Like I really do. Some of you look up me on stage and think, oh, he's an extrovert. I'm not an extrovert at all. Like I, I'm up here. Here's why I'm not an extrovert. Up here, this is a one-way conversation. Like I don't have to talk to you. Like we are, I'm, I'm getting to tell you these things. You can laugh if you want, but it really doesn't matter. I'm gonna keep talking. And so like, I wish I was an extrovert. I had a friend that's an incredible extrovert and he's a pastor too. And like, he would just go up and hug everyone. Just hug everyone, talk to everyone. Everybody loved him. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I can't do it. He's like, you just got to try. You just got to go for it. And so I remember one Sunday, he's like, how? Just go up and hug this woman. I'm like, okay. So I go up to like hug her, but I, I committed late to like the arm out and I started here. And so I went out to hug and she went in for the handshake. So I went around and she just went like that to me in the chest. And she just kind of looked at me weird. And it was an older lady, which normally they're nice, but she was just looking at me weird. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm an introvert. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just, I just don't. And when I, it's one of those things, like when I try to extrovert, it always goes badly. Like I say things I shouldn't say. I, I, like I, I end up, I say things I shouldn't say all the time. And I find myself looking at people that are natural extroverts. I'm like, I wish I could just be like that. I wish people, like I could just walk up to somebody and start a friendship with them and they like me right off the bat. And it's just one of those things, like we look around in our lives and we're envious of so many different things. Like somebody who is this is envious of that, but that same person that has that gift wants this other gift or this other talent. And here's, here's the thing. Have you ever just been in life and just said this? I don't like that person. I don't know why. 
but I just don't like them. Half the time it's because they're better looking than you or somebody's paying attention to them, not paying attention to you. And you're just sitting there, you're like, I just don't like them. Or you've said something like this, well, she's just too pretty. Is that, is that a thing? She's just too pretty. He, he's too muscular. That's what I tell other people. Uh, they're just too nice. You know, oh, they have a lot of money, but they use it the wrong way. If I had that kind of money, I'd do more with that's good. You know, they have something that I should have. Or it's like this, looking at past girlfriends or boyfriends and who they're dating now, right? Nobody wants them. I said this before with bitterness, but it's the same with envy. Like we don't want our past boyfriends or girlfriends to date anybody better looking than us. Like we don't, we're, and we're happy when they don't. And when they do, we're like, there's something wrong with them. They're damaged. That's why they're dating them. You guys know what I'm talking about. But here's what envy is. It's the recognition of realizing somebody else has something that I wish I reflected. It's something that I wish I had. And it's something that's been there from the beginning of time. In fact, when we look at Genesis, we see it with the first couple people that were on this earth. It says, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Why? Because the Lord is not vegan. No, I'm kidding. That's not what it is. Um, I'm not saying vegan, settle down. All right. Um, This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Did Cain listen? No. He said, one day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the fields, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. You're like, okay, that's, that's a bit much. That, that's a bit much. But let me just say this. We may not kill off anyone, but we kill off their relationship, right? We kill off what's there. We, we find ways of separating from that person because we actually want what they have. I mean, we see it throughout the Bible. Jacob was envious of Esau because he was the oldest. Joseph's brothers were so envious of him, they sold him into slavery. Uh, Leah was envious of Rachel's beauty. You see it over and over again, tear down families and relationships. And what you see in the church still to this day is a whole bunch of envy. And what is sad to me is in the church, you see so many people look at other people's relationship with God, just like Cain and Abel and go, I wish I had that. Or I wish this is the gifting that I had. I wish I could sing or I wish I could do these things. And maybe it doesn't look like that, but it's something that's in all of our relationships and it causes them to break down because envy disguises itself. It looks like this, it looks like constructive criticism. You know, I love you, so I'm telling you this. You know, it's that uh, you're the only, re- the only reason you got that job or the only reason this happened to you was because of this. Or it's like this, it's the person that self pities out loud. Like, poor me, I can't believe I don't have that, pay attention. Uh, the fake praise, you ever had somebody praise you so much, you're like, you don't even like me. I've had somebody, oh, that was amazing. I'm like, why are you, you're talking to me. It's that, that fake praise that happens or there's just the avoidance of it. So I've got four questions for you to see, and we're not answering these out loud. But these are four questions just to think about if you struggle with envy, all right? Here's number one. Do you feel pain when someone around you succeeds? Do you belittle the accomplishments, talents, or appearance of others, family members, friends, other people? Do you badmouth or sabotage another that you feel inferior to? Are you secretly pleased when a friend or a loved one has a setback? See, if you have like none of those, if you're like, oh no, I never dealt with any, then stop lying. Like we've all been there. 
We've all had that, that time where we've been like mad that somebody else went ahead or happy when they failed. We've all had that time where we try to sabotage, whether it be a sister or a brother or a friend, because we secretly want what they have. And envy and jealousy, they tear us apart. And here's the problem with most of the things that we've been talking about. We see it in other people right away. You can see envy, you can see jealousy, but it's really hard to see it in our heart. And we tend to rationalize it away. Oh, I'm not jealous, I'm just this. See, Proverbs 14.30 says it a great way. It says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. It eats us away from the inside. Now, one thing that we gotta get across first is this. Envy is not a stuff issue. It's not a stuff issue because if it was, when you got the stuff, envy would go away. But what happens? Whenever you get that thing, you want something else. You see something else. You realize they have something now that you wish you could have. In fact, the more people we get to know and the older we get, the more envious we become if we have a jealous heart. And here's what's interesting. We are most jealous of the people around us that are just in front of us, not the people way ahead of us. It's like Bill Gates. I'm not jealous of Bill Gates. Like, it'd be cool to have his money, but there's not a part of me going, man, if I just changed my high school major, I'd be Bill Gates. No, that would never have happened. Like, I'm not envious of Bill Gates. In the same way, I played basketball in high school. I'm not envious of LeBron James. Never gonna happen. The man's 6'9", 260 pounds. I could hit 260. I could do that. It wouldn't be muscle, and I wouldn't be jumping this high off the ground but I could hit 260. There's no way I'm not going, oh man, if I, things would have changed, my parents would have fed me more, I would have been 6'9". Like that wouldn't happen. Like I'm not envious of those people. You know who I'm envious of? The people that are just in front of me. The people that I'm up here with, the people that are around me, the people that I go, man, if things could have been a little bit different, I could have had what they had. Envy happens the most with close friends, family members, and in community. Hear this, envy breeds in proximity and always destroys community. This is why I'm talking about this before small groups. Here's what's crazy. You're gonna go into small groups and whether you realize it or not, the first thing you do is size everybody up. We do, we look at every way. We try to figure out who they are, what they're going on in their life, what's happening in their life, where they are. If they're the same age as us, oh, how far are you in college? How far are you in your job? You know, what, what's going on in your life? We immediately do those things. And it's Satan's way of killing community. It's Satan's way of coming between friends because it's that moment you're wondering why your fresh, friendship is struggling and you have no idea. Most of the time, it's envy. It's either you are envious of something or they're envious of you and you don't know what it is. And here's the sad part about envy. We are only happy when someone fails, right? It, we are only happy when that person gains 20 pounds too. I've been there. I mean, we're only happy when that person gets fired or we're only happy when that person gets dumped. I mean, it's weird. When we have a very jealous heart, and this is what we can look for, when we have a very jealous heart, the times where we are the most happy is when other people are failing. And that's one of those signs that you can see right away. And so the danger of envy is this. It says, when we are envious, we determine our value through comparison with others. See, when you are jealous, all you're doing is determining how great you are because of how great everybody else is doing. And it tends to be the difference between who we think we are and who we actually are. But it makes sense growing up because we've been always compared in our life, right? Parents did it, coaches did it. I mean, coaching, it makes sense you're compared to somebody else. But with parents, some of you had parents that said some awful things. Some of you had the parent that said, can you be more like 
this person? Or why can't you be more like this? Or this, oh, your brother or your sister always does this. I mean, I remember my sister. My sister always got better grades than me. And I would always make an excuse for it. Well, you did this. And And finally, my last excuse was this. Well, you try harder. But it is, it's that competition. Some of you right now don't have a relationship with your brother or sister because of that competition that your parents started. And so we look around the people that are in our lives and we sit there from a very early age when we're broken off into the different reading groups. We're like, I wish I was more like this person. Because we do this naturally, but on top of that, so much is going against us. I, I looked up the number, $250 billion will be spent this year to convince you that what you have is not enough. Advertising, $250 billion will convince you that you don't look good enough that you don't have enough, you are not enough if you don't have these things. Then on top of it, guess what? We have social media. So if you don't have friends around you that you're envious of, you can find them on social media. And there will always be somebody who works out harder, is better looking, has more things, has a better looking boyfriend or girlfriend than you. Except for me, I have the best looking wife. But, but thank you. But it's true. I mean, think about it. It is so easy to spend time in comparison. If it's not in your face, it's around you. I mean, for me, oh gosh, I just, Pinterest. (sighs) Pinterest can be good and can be evil, all right? It, It can be good because it's allowed us to do things in our house for cheaper, show Chrissy ways of doing stuff like that, but it's also evil in the fact that at the moment she got a project done, she's like, oh, we could have done this. I'm like, nope, move on. It's done. When I'm in premarital counseling with guys and girls and the girl is looking at Pinterest, I'm like, all right, two months ahead of your wedding, you cannot look at Pinterest anymore. She's like, what? I'm like, because if you keep looking, you will go up to the day of your wedding going, we should do this. It'd be perfect. Because what is Pinterest? It can be a great way of seeing good things and ideas for your life, but it's also a great way of realizing what you don't have. But think about how many things around us are that way. How many things around us tell us we aren't good enough? What we have is not enough. And if I just had these things, I could get ahead. I think we are all in the same boat. We have issues with jealousy and envy. So how do we deal with it? Here's the first thing. You own your envy. You own your envy. If you find yourself in the same place of the things that I've been talking about, what you do is this. If you're constantly finding faults in others, if you're constantly finding joy in failures, pay attention to it, catch it, and own it. Do not make excuses for it. Go, where is this coming from and where is its root? Why? James three fourteen to 16. It says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. That's, that's one of those key words, demonic. For whenever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there we will find disorder and evil of every kind. I mean, here's what's interesting. When you look back in the Bible, you look at Jesus's life, you look at the Jewish leaders. The Jewish leaders were the ones that developed the plan to kill Jesus. Why did they want to kill Jesus? They were envious of him. Everybody liked him. Like, oh man, he's getting all the new followers. All the new people want to follow after him. Everybody's going to him. Everybody's going, you know, listening to his messages and his sermons. And they were mad that nobody was paying attention to them to the point that they killed him, that they killed him. So when this verse says jealousy at its root is demonic, 
It is. I mean, at its root, it killed what led to killing our Savior. And in the same way, it is what kills friendships and relationships that God has put on your, in your life on purpose. God may have brought someone in your life that's an incredible friend, but the moment you found a pocket of jealousy, you separated from them just because of that. See, we've got to own our envy, and here's the biggest point. Realize who God made you to be. I see this constantly in church, people trying to be something that they're not. People trying to live a life that God never called them to. People trying to be someone that they see around them. And I see so many people wish they had other people's gifts and they try to go after it. They try to make it happen. Here's the problem. If you're going in somebody else's giftings, if you are trying to be something you're not, you will never find joy in that. You'll never find joy living out somebody else's mission. You'll never find joy trying to do what God didn't make you to do. And it makes you feel like everything you're doing is meaningless. Ecclesiastes 4.4, this is Solomon. He says, Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Here's what's interesting. When we have jealousy and envy, we are basically telling God we don't like what he made. We're telling God, I don't like the gifts that you gave me. God, can I have different gifts? And in that too, here's what we're doing. We're saying, I don't like the gifts I've been given, so I'm not going to use them or I'm gonna go after something else. And you know who hurts? The people around you. Because God made you specifically in a way that would help your group, your community and your church. And so when we decide what we have is not good enough, we're telling, we're basically mad at God. We're going, God, you didn't make something good enough to do your purpose. And God's going, no, I made you specifically for a purpose. But you're mad that you aren't somebody else. I mean, I'll be honest, even as a pastor, I deal with this all the time. I mean, I remember early on in youth ministry, you'd speak on a regular basis and all that. You'd be speaking, you bring in a speaker to camp and the speaker at camp does their message and they're awesome and they're on fire. And then all, always, this is what happens. Little middle schoolers that have like no emotional intelligence come up to you. And they're like, man, I wish he could be our youth pastor. I'm like, shut up, kid. Like they do, like middle schoolers are the worst. If you ever want to feel good about yourself, you don't ask a middle schooler how old that you think they are. Like you're 52. But I remember this would happen all the time. You would see different speakers. I'd see different people. I'd always look at how old they are, how big their church is, those things. And I'd find myself wishing that I wasn't that type of person. I mean, for so long... I, one of my biggest things I've always wished I could do, which I'm never going to do because I can't do it, is the pastors that are teaching, then all of a sudden they go into song. Like, I'm like, that'd be so cool. Like, I wish I could do that. Or like have the guy playing behind them, like T.D. Jakes, and like he just goes into it and he uses like God. Like, I just wish, I just wish I could be that. Like, I watch that and I want to be that. And God's like, no, don't. You'll scare people. Well, what's funny is I see pastors all the time and it's, here's what's so easy to do as a pastor is look at a guy, look at his success and just go, well, that's just because they believe this or their theology is wrong or their theology is like that health and wealth idea, which is the idea that if you love God, then he's going to make you wealthy because that's what God does. And it's like, yeah, um, not in Haiti. And I find myself fighting jealousy and I go, well, am I jealous of this person or is their theology wrong? Am I truly looking at something that's wrong or am I just mad that other people like them more than me? Guys, it's a constant deal. No matter what stage of life you are in, 
you will do that and you will look to others to decide whether or not you are worthy. See, we got to figure this out. Do I want the praise of others? Do I want to win the day with other people or do I want to win it with God? So here's the last question. Figure out whose affirmation you want. Figure out who you want to give you praise. Like who, who on the end of the days do you want to actually say you did a good job? What happens is we start to understand that. We start to get that way. But over time, it feels good at first, but you know what kills that right off the bat? When someone we feel isn't following God as good as us, but they get something we want. Like if we're following after God, but then I feel like I'm following after God more, but they get promoted to the praise team or they get to do this or they get to the leadership position or they get the boyfriend that I wished I had for the last six years. It's okay, I understand. And we, we go, oh, that's great. But the moment they get something we don't want, we're like, what's up, God? Why do they get these things? And once again, we're asking God why he made us the way he made us. See, if your life is about the praise of others, you'll never be content. If your life is about having what other people have, you will never be content. What we need is we need daily doses of truth. There's two places you get that. You get that from reading God's word and finding out who he says you are. And you get that from good friends. You get that from people around you that say good things to you. Let me just say this. If you are hanging out with friends that are going after all the wrong things, you will go after those things. If you're hanging out with friends that are all going after money, guess what you're going to care about? Money. And what, are you, what will you be envious of? Somebody that has more money. If you're hanging out with friends that's all about the way you look in the mirror at the gym, not that it's bad to work out, but it is bad to take a lot of gym selfies. What happens? If you hang out with people that are all about their body, you become all about their body. When you hang out with somebody that is all about status, you become all about status. Look, listen to me in this. If you want to truly believe the way God made you is the right way, you need to hang out with people that remind you that that is who you are. You need to hang out with people that remind you that the way you were made is perfect for what God has for your life. See, we need messages around us to remind us of who we are, not who we're not. And so when you look at the people around you, when you look at the sources around you, are they telling you you are awesome and you are amazing the way God created you? Or are they telling you you're not good enough? Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for who you are. God, thank you that you are a God that loves us just the way we are and also created us in a way for a purpose. God, I pray that you would help us see that this week. God, I pray that you would help us find the areas of envy that we have and jealousy. And God, just take them out. God, I pray if we have destroyed friendships or relationships because of jealousy, God, I pray that we would admit it. God, I pray that we would apologize so that we can restore those friendships, so that we can restore those, uh, those family members that we've pushed aside. God, I pray that you would help us see who we truly are and how much we are truly loved in this season. God, we thank you for all that you've given us. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.